Welcome to Restaurant Influencers presented by Entrepreneur. My name is Sean Walchef, founder of Cali Barbecue and Cali Barbecue Media. In life, in the restaurant business, and in the new creator economy, we learn through lessons and stories. We're so grateful for Toast, our primary sponsor of this show, who powers our restaurants here in San Diego, our Cali Barbecue restaurants. They also power so many of the restaurant tours that we've had on this show. We have a very, very special guest, and that's Joe himself, Mr. Chef Joe Isidori, who's a Michelin star chef. He's a restaurateur. He's a cookbook author. This guy has been dominating the streets of Florida and New York for a long time now. Joe, welcome to the show. Wow. I've never heard anyone say that all about me in one sentence. I mean, hey. uh, you know. You know, this I, is I, I, this is called restaurant influencers, Joe. We yeah, we yeah, only yeah. get the yeah, best of the best. We we like finding the people that are people. Definitely we like finding the people that are playing the game within the game. Yeah, yeah. Well, I always say, you know, when everyone zigs, I zag. That's my. Thing. <laughs> well, know? we're zag. We're we're definitely zag type of people. Um, like uh, other otherwise, we we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. Life is life is too short, and what what we're trying to do is influence the hospitality business to know that there's something bigger than just a, a profit and loss statement in a single unit uh, restaurant. You know, what you've been able to do throughout your career um, growing up and then now what you're doing uh, is, is legendary. And for us, we want to share those secrets. So I'm going to start with our, our favorite random question, which is where in the world is your favorite stadium, stage, or venue? Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium. Boom. I'm a, I'm a, my, my family's all from the Bronx. I grew up in Yonkers. I mean, what's better than... Yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. I got to go back on that statement. The old Yankee Stadium. Oh, the old Yankee Stadium. The old Yankee Stadium. I remember when I was a kid, we used to clip the fence and sneak into the bleachers and drink Coors Light and eat hot dogs at 12 okay. years old. That was the best. Okay. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, I would say uh, Yankee Stadium takes all of it. So we're going to go to the old Yankee Stadium. We're going to fill it with, uh, like we say, people that are playing the game within the game. And we're going to put on the best restaurant conference, hospitality conference. But we're going to put you on the mound. We're going to say, Joe, it's your two minute drill. Tell these people that came here raving fans trying to learn about the restaurant business, the media business. Joe, tell, tell us who you are and what you've done. Well, <laughs> what I've done. Well, uh, yeah, listen, I grew up, I grew up as a kid in, 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 you know, in New York and, uh, I, I, I'm the third generation, um, you know, chef and restaurant restaurant in my family. We, we started, we, we've opened them up all over the place, Harlem, Brooklyn, the Bronx, Yonkers, you, you name it. Uh, my grandfather was a master butcher and, uh, master butcher and, uh, some say a bookie on 114th <laughs> and Pleasant Avenue at Artie's Bar and Artie's Butcher Shop. Hey, he multiple sell, revenue streams, my kind of guy. He would sell the beer and a shot to the old guys at the bar and he sold chopped meat to the old ladies. They all play the number. Um, and uh, that's where it all started. And then my grandmother was actually a, 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 a Craig Claiborne spoke about my grandmother and her restaurant on 47th and 6th called the Villanova back in 1964. So she was New York Times rated. My father went on to become an acclaimed chef in New York, and I'm a Michelin star chef. But, you know, back in the day, I, you know, we were just a bunch of school buddies. You know, we, we, we were like, you know, my father used to say, some people fake shoes, some people lay, lay brick, we cook. And like, it wasn't glamorous. It was like, this is just what we do. You know, don't get ahead of yourself. Uh, but everything revolved around it, you know, and, and uh, 
know, there was no celebrity chefs. There was no, uh, there was nobody getting rich off of the restaurant business. It was just, this is what we do. This is how we do. We like to take care of people. We serve big portions of food. We're loud. We're in your face. And I try to keep that uh, reputation alive and well till today. So that's kind of who I am. Um, I've been very fortunate that I was the one in my family uh, to take it to the next level. I said to my dad one day, I said, dad, he said, what? I said, uh, I'm going to go to culinary school. So what are you, wait, am I allowed to curse on this thing? Absolutely. This is entrepreneur. This is, this is for entrepreneur.com. I mean, we're, I, I, you, I can't, always, yeah. you can't be in business without cursing. <laughs> my, old, my old man said to me, what are you fucking crazy? Ain't going to fucking culinary school because I'm not paying all that money for them to ruin your head. They're going to put those ideas in your head. I'll teach you right here. We're going to sling chicken Parmesan. It's what pays the bills. I said, okay, pop. I said, there's a little bit more out there than chicken Parmesan. Um, so I went out there and sowed my oats, as they say. I traveled the world. I opened restaurants all over the world, literally Singapore, Dubai, Kuwait, all Disney properties, you name it. And guess what I'm doing? I'm slinging chicken parmesan today, and I'm telling everybody chicken parmesan <laughs> pays the bills. So in the end, the guy, the the buddy cook who didn't lay brick or didn't fix shoes was right. And this is who I am, and this is what I do. And now I'm talking to you. But you know, I've come up with a few tricks along the way. So what are you working on currently? Tell me about the restaurant, the portfolio. Um, so, I, so, you know, I, I, I've got a few restaurants now. I've got one in Tampa called Joe Toro, which is a uh, Mexican tequila bar, which is real fun. You know, we're right near the stadium over there in, in uh, the uh, Amali Stadium with Lightning Plays, uh, very sports-centric area. Uh, we sell a lot of tacos, we sell a lot of margaritas. Everyone loves us, and it's just a fun joint. You know, we also have Everglazed Donuts, which is an over-the-top donut concept, which is in Disney World at Disney Springs, which does really well. We do like creative riffs on cold brew, like peanut butter cold brew with the peanut butter explosion uh, donut on top. Um, we have Joe Dog, which is my new hot dog concept that just launched last week. Nice. It's uh, loaded hot dogs, loaded fries, and a lot of fun stuff, uh, all with the big dose of hip-hop. We're excited about that. And then the, the big hit today is Arthur and Sons. Arthur and Sons is that story I just told you about, but all drilled into one restaurant. My grandfather was Arthur Joseph. My father was Arthur Joseph. I'm Joseph Arthur, and my son is Roman Arthur. So it's uh -huh. all those generations wrapped up into one. We call it Arthur and Sons. We serve chicken parmesan. We sell meatballs, penny alla vodka, Caesar salad, spumoni, totoni, cannoli, and all the Chianti you can guzzle. <laughs> and everyone absolutely loves it. And it's been a big media hit. Uh, our spicy rigatoni is going viral worldwide. Uh, you got to book 30 days in advance to get in there. Uh, you name it, everyone's loving it. There's a big picture of Rakem and there's a big picture of a Sinatra when you walk in. That's our style. That's our vibe. You better get ready, <laughs> buckle in, because here we go. Bring me back to the style, because uh, I've read I've read multiple press releases, a lot of the media that you have floating out there, and there was a there was a young boy as a prep cook that was listening to Wu Tang Clan in the back, and somehow Frank Sinatra was playing in the front. Now you you've, you you've brought you've. You brought your life. You brought your life's work into uh in, into one location. Tell me about so, it. So the, there's a more of a story to that. So when I was a kid and I used to get in trouble, my mother used to say, "You got to teach this kid a lesson." So my father would stick me in the kitchen and tell me to clean 100 pounds of galamata shrimp. <laughs> After a while, I got really <laughs> how old? That. How old? Give me yeah, an age. Oh, I was at least seven. At least, seven. <laughs> you know, it's my kind of so, family. So, so hospitality, right there. Oh yeah. And and so <laughs> I started. I started saying to myself, "I get in more trouble now because I could figure out the punishment's not so bad." Mm -hmm. um, so by the time I was about 
14, 15 years old, my father figured out, all right, this this kid is we got we got to use him to our advantage here. So I became I at, at during the day, my father would have me as a prep cook. And then at night, I'd go out into the front of the house and be like, you know, a, a server, a busboy, whatever I had to do back then. Um, and uh, I would be in the kitchen, uh, you know, during the day, pounding chicken cutlets with my uh, headphones on, listening to Wu-Tang, protect your neck. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> then I remember taking them off, taking off the chef coat, putting on the white button-down shirt and a bow tie and going outside. It was nothing but Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra. So I figured that was the 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 attitude that I wanted to portray in my restaurant. It's where hip-hop meets Sinatra. Our attitude, it. our style, our vibe, our music, our food all reflects that. And if you follow me on social media, you'll know that my own personality reflects that too. I'm an old school kid, right? Well, I'm not a kid, but I'm an old school kid from New York. But I've got, <laughs> you know, I've got, I've got a little bit of that uh, young person's eye. Um, and, uh, you know, I use it to my advantage. You know, I I, th I think one of the one of the things that resonated with me through the content that you put out um, on TikTok, on Instagram, through your restaurants, through your vibe, is understanding that your truth is your truth. You know, so much of what we try to teach other restaurant owners is when we think of brand and we think of our restaurants. Sometimes we try to get caught up in this is our corporate logo, but really they want to know who you you are. They want to know who's Joe. Yeah, and who and who's Joe? Who's Joe? Comes yeah. across in spades. I'll tell you right now who Joe is. I'm gonna tell yeah. you right now. Here's a couple of things. Throw your logo in the garbage, okay? <laughs> Take your media book that your PR agent gave you. Throw that in the garbage too. Um, everything you see on TikTok that everyone's following trends. Throw that in the garbage too. Correct. I mean, just, just, just abandon yourself from everything and just be yourself. Yeah, I've learned that lesson the hard way. And um, my publicist, uh, Rebecca Brooks, Willie, they're the best. Um, you know, they've been with me for years. And um, I will say that there was a time where I didn't know what to do. I lost my voice, you know, as a, like, like artist block, writer's block. I lost it. I didn't know what to do. And they kept just telling me, just be yourself. And I kept saying, like, but I'm a Michelin star chef. I could cook any cuisine. I can go cook Vietnamese food and open up a Vietnamese restaurant. But is that really going to come across the right way? Not, not you know, it was like it's it, that didn't make sense. What made sense was being yourself is my point. I'm a loud in your face New Yorker. As my wife says, you should make good meatballs. You're Italian. Um, <laughs> and I decided that I was going to just shed the armor, throw it all away when everyone zigs, I zag. And I was just going to be myself. And that's what I did. And I, 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 that was the game plan. I, 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 I didn't go and put together an offering and raise money and do all that stuff and hire a digital firm to do the social media. By the way, I do the social media myself with my two guys, Alec and Brian. It's it. Nobody else touches it. Yep. Um, and, and I just said, screw it. I said, when those videos started coming out that you see, there was no game plan. I looked at Alec and I looked at Brian and I said, roll the fucking camera. Let's go. Yep. Bam. And we just went for it. And I just talked shit. I just did my thing. Um, I, 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 you know, I probably took some liberties here and there. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you name it, uh, a year, uh, well, six months or so now, but we started a year ago. We've got ourselves a brand that's going to be huge. And uh, we're going to do a lot of big things. We're going to open up in other cities. We're going to put sauce jars on the shelf. We're going to sell spicy vodka sauce, spicy tomato sauce, tomato sauce, vodka sauce. We're going to do a whole bunch of things. And at the end of the day, it's all going to be about one thing. 
It's going to be about authenticity and New York Italian. It's not Italian American. It's not American Italian. It's not Italian. It's New York Italian, which means it's got that attitude. It's got that flavor. It's got that authenticity. And every time you take a bite, you feel that. And that's the whole part of the brand. And that's why I uh, am sitting here yelling at a computer screen with you. <laughs> and now a quick break from restaurant influencers to share an exciting new offer from our sponsor, Atmosphere TV. Go to atmosphere.tv forward slash BBQ to not only get Atmosphere TV for free, but also our audience is given the gift of $200 in ad credits, as well as free activation. Join more than 40,000 other venues who use Atmosphere TV by signing up with the code BBQ at atmosphere.tv forward slash BBQ. Keep guests entertained with Atmosphere TV because you have the ability to turn your promotions and your advertisements onto your television with this platform. The simple plug and play device lets you take control of the content on your screens. Keep guests entertained, engaged, and informed of real-time specials, career opportunities, and announcements that you can personalize within your own custom content dashboard. Tap into great channels such as America's Funniest Home Videos, Fashion, Throttle, Chive TV, Sports Highlights, Red Bull, Real Madrid, along with unbiased news and entertainment. There is something for everyone. Over 60 curated channels of short form, entertaining content to choose from right at your fingertips. They also have an incredible ad supported network that allows you to not only market within your four walls, but also locally or nationally if you desire. The platform gives you full control to dial in your marketing efforts. Please go and visit atmosphere.tv slash BBQ and let them know restaurant influencers sent you. Well, it's so important because I, I, I heard you on another show that you were on and you were talking about finding your voice, you know, that Michelin star and then getting on to Iron Chef and being at Bobby Flay. And then all of a sudden you realize, like, fuck it, I need to be me. Can you bring yeah. us back to that and share that story with our audience? You know, the, the Bobby story? Yeah. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Yeah. Um, no, you know what it is, is... Um... You know, you always, when you're a young chef, like, listen, I, I was, I was, I was that typical young chef. I mean, I pounded on my chest. It was the temple of fucking Joe. If you didn't like it, get out. I mean, literally, I probably threw more people out of my restaurant. That's probably why they all went out of business. But I mean, literally, I was that kind of chef. I was like, you know what? I am lying. Hear me roar. If you don't like it, leave. Um, but, but the problem was, is I was trying to be somebody else. You know, I was trying to live up to the Michelin hype. I was trying to live up to that attitude. And you start thinking like, all right, I got one star. I need two stars. I got two stars. I need three stars. And, and you just get caught up in it. And I was probably about, I don't know, 30. I was in my early thirties and I was on a freaking tear. Like everything I touched was like, boom, boom, boom. And you know, that's when I lost my dad and, and my, and my dad passed away. He died in his kitchen and it just kind of sobered me up. And I was like, you know, what the hell am I doing here? I mean, this is ridiculous. I got, I got some of the best restaurants in the country. My bank account is empty. Nobody likes me. I'm a real dick. Um, and uh, I'm throwing people out of my restaurant. Like, this is not the way to operate. You know what I mean? This is, this, something's wrong here, right? And it was at that time that I kind of got invited to go on to uh, Iron Chef and, and go against Mr. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby Flay. And um, I remember practicing. I remember being so anal and just pouring over every detail. I, I was like, I'm, I, I was like fighting with the producer. I need this piece of equipment. I, I was a total prima donna. And I, I got on the stage and I realized that kitchen stadium was fucking real. 
I was no <laughs> I mean, they looked at me. I said, listen, kid, you cut your finger off. The cameras aren't stopping. You keep going. Yeah. And, and I said to myself, I went, oh, God, this is real. And it was like my first real big TV thing. Right. Um, I'd done all little stuff here and there. And I looked at my two sous chefs and I was like, buckle up. <laughs> you know, we're going. And, and I found myself walking into this kitchen stadium and we started setting up and something came over me. And I totally, for the first time, became myself. My my swagger came out. My accent came out. Like 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 everyone who knew me was like, "That's you." All that other shit is you putting on a front, trying yeah. to pretend to be somebody else. And I rolled. And even Bobby, the whole time, was looking at me. We're friends. He was looking at me. He was like, "Damn, Joe." I was like, "Come on, let's go." You know, if you watch the episode, I'm like sitting there ripping and roaring, and everyone's looking at me like, "This guy's on fire." Um, and, uh, I felt completely comfortable and I felt myself. And I remember at, uh, call it 32 years old. I finally found it right. It, it's said, it's, it's crazy to say, but I did. And, and, um, you know, since then I'm 45 now, I've, I've kept on that path and I just do what I do. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry, I apologize, but I don't apologize. It is what it is. Thank you yeah. very much. Let's go. Can you bring me back to to losing your father? I know I can't imagine how difficult that was for you, but um, the lessons that he taught you about hospitality, about hard work, and kind of putting that into perspective now that you're a dad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, my dad, I will promise you I'll do everything in my power to keep my son out of this business. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, right? My father <laughs> tried and he failed miserably. Um, Couple generations failed. Yeah. You know, my dad, my mother, my mother's the best, right? I'm always come to me. She's like, yeah, you know, I love you. You're my son. I see, I know. What's up, ma? Your father, though. Your food's good, but your father's food. Wow. I said, thanks, ma. Thanks for the support. <laughs> so, you know, and my mother used to say, when my son came home and told us he was going to the Culinary Institute of America, it felt like a funeral in the house. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, that's that we had... No, no, seriously, growing up, being in a restaurant business was a curse. It wasn't a gift. And, Absolutely. and I, I, still, I still say that to this day. We're not gifted. We're cursed. Yeah. yeah. Um, we just know how to turn, you know, lemons into lemonade because we're chefs, yeah. right? Correct. So, so um, my dad taught me a lot. My dad was a big personality. If you took, if you took uh, Anthony Bourdain and Al Pacino from Carlitos way and went like this, that was my father. You know, he was... He was big. He was loud. He was good looking. He smoked cigarettes. He drank vodka. He cooked. He, he's like 1500 covers tonight. No problem. I got it. I'll work the line by myself. You know, he was one of those kind of guys with a yep. cigarette in his hand the whole time. And his food was amazing. But he said he taught me a lot. And, you know, I said, Dad, I'm, I'm going to I think I want to be a chef. He says, OK, no more weekends, no more holidays, no more nights girlfriend wants to go out on a date no dates you tell her to meet you here like I mean he was one of those he was like he was totally like your life's over but you're gonna love it you know um but he taught me a lot of rules you know he taught me how to not be fancy and just make everyone happy he used to tell me I got champagne taste on a Budweiser budget I need to wake up um he would always tell me chicken palm pays the bills you know, when I wanted to shuck an oyster and sear a piece of foie gras and dollop caviar on things, he smacked me in the back of the head and said, just put more cheese on it. It'll be fine. You know, um, and, you know, he taught me, he taught me, also taught me a lot of hard work. My dad never stopped working. And to this day, I'm 45 years old. I run circles around people. Yeah. I never stop. I never stop. You know, it doesn't matter. I'm going to get off this thing with you and I'm going to go do work. I'm going to do yep. something. I'll find something to do. Um, he taught that. Uh, he taught, he instilled that in me. He also gave me my personality. My father was 
very much like me. Um, he was he, he he walked in a room, he dominated the room, and um, he made sure that I understood how to do that too because he felt it was important to he he was one of the first people that taught me being a chef means you got to be a personality. Like people came to his restaurant. Listen, the food, listen, I, I know my food. I know my food's good. Am I going to tell you it's mind-blowing? Probably not. It's not. But what is mind-blowing is all the shit that I put around it, right? Yeah. And that's what my dad taught me. My dad used to be able to cook 500 dinners, right? Cigarette in his hand, a drink in the other, walk out in the dining room and wine and dine people. These people would throw their wallets at them. And yes. they came to that restaurant, not because of his chicken parm, not because of his scopriello, not because of his famous chest. They came because of him. Correct. And they came every single weekend or twice a week or whatever. And they had to make sure they saw Artie, said a hello to Artie, gave Artie a kiss, bought Artie a drink because he was what it was, you know? And I learned that at a young age that um, you need to be like that. And if you want to be a successful restaurateur and, and, and have a, a, a clientele that follows you. Now, the difference is, is he did it in small neighborhoods where he made sure the neighborhood loved him. I'm doing it on a national scale now, you know, international, I, you're doing it on the internet. Yeah. You it's know, internet tape, baby. We're, we're all global. It's a global 100%. brand. You got here, man. Yeah. Word of mouth. <laughs> Artie, Artie used to create word of mouth. Yeah. I use social media for the word of mouth. Now yep. people come to my restaurant and I, I get goosebumps when they say it, I walk around the dining room and I feel it. Yeah. Like I'm holy shit. You know, and the people want to talk to me and want to take pictures with me. I'm like, I'm some schmuck from the fucking Bronx. I grew up in Yonkers. What do you want to take a picture with me for? Right. Yep. You know, I, you know, and, 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 and it's reminds me of that's if my dad was alive today and my dad had a restaurant in downtown New York city, I guarantee you he would be worldwide. We'd be calling him Artie worldwide, Mr. Worldwide. Uh, he'd be, he'd be out of, uh, he'd, he'd be on every billboard there is. That's the kind of personality is. And, that's what he left with me. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the sad story is, you know, everyone loved my father. Mm -hmm. uh, my father gave his shirt off his back. He worked his ass off. He made people happy. He did nothing but bring joy into people's lives. And he owned a lot of restaurants. At the end of the day, when I buried him, he had $265 in his, in his pocket, two packs of Marlboros and lottery tickets. And those lottery tickets uh -huh. were losers, right? My point is, is he also taught me that you can be better than that. He also taught me that you're going to do all this stuff. But what he left me with, what he left me with a message to say, take care of your life, take care of your kid. There's more out there than just dying in your restaurant. And yeah. what social media has done and what I do as a chef and everything, I don't live and die in my restaurants anymore. Yep. But I make sure my I make sure I, I run my business accordingly and I make sure everyone's happy. And I make sure they keep coming back. And I can, you know, social media allows me to do that because they still feel me through social media, even if then I'm not in a dining room with them. And, 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 and that has allowed me to, you know, sit here today and do this with you. And I'm, after this, I'm going to go have dinner with my son. I, I don't remember my dad ever sent with me at six o'clock at the dinner table. Yeah. I had to go to the restaurant to eat with him. So, you know, anyway. No, I'm so I'm, I'm, I really appreciate you going into that because that's, 
that was the inspiration for starting this show. You know, we have a barbecue media company. I'm a barbecue restaurant owner, 15 years in the business, but, you know, working in the business instead of working on the business, you know, right now we're more in the business of storytelling than we are in barbecue. And I love barbecue, you know, doing barbecue on the West coast, not an easy thing to do craft barbecue, talking to the barbecue meccas of the world, you know, the, the Texas is Kansas city is people are like, you're fucking crazy, Sean, you've lost your mind. But for me, what's important is the things that my grandfather taught me. My grandfather was from Bulgaria and what he cared about was passing on his legacy and his story. So he, him and I wrote a book together. I helped him write a book, but now what I spend my time doing is teaching not just restaurant owners, but business owners, the power of story. We've never had a greater time that we have these media machines in our pocket where you can put a video on TikTok, you can put a video on YouTube, you can put a video on Instagram and share your story. Do you have any videos of you and your father? Because as you said, if this stuff was around when he was around, he would he he would break the Internet. He totally. would break the Internet. And now it's your job. It's my job. It's all of our jobs. Anyone that's listening to this show to know that these are the hospitality stories that extend beyond the four walls. This is bigger than our village. This is bigger than San Diego. It's bigger than New York. It's bigger than Florida. What we can do now as leaders is know that our hospitality, our journey like this stuff matters. Or what are you doing to teach your son the principles that you've learned from your father? Yeah, well, he's five right now, so he's he, my he, son's five too. Yeah, he wants to play Roblox. <laughs> my son's five um, too. But I will tell you, you know, it's great when you watch your son grow up. Um, I watch how good of a soul he is, and I like I just I just like watch him do things, and I say to myself, "Damn, he's a good kid." Like the kid comes over, "Hey, that's my toy. I want to play with." He's like, "Yeah, that's fine. You can play with it. That's cool. Well, let's go do something." Like, like, so I, I see like, he's got that good heart, but I, I teach him, you know, um, you know, just, just, I want to try and instill that drive in him, that understanding of what needs to be done. Um, he's constantly wants to cook with me constantly. And I look at my wife and I go, oh man, goes, I know, I know. I said, she's like, she's like, it's in the blood. You're not going to be able to get rid of yeah. it. You know? So I just have to. So what I'm trying to do now is create that proverbial generational wealth for him. And I don't mean that financially. I mean that by like, all right, if you choose this as your platform, I'm going to make sure I give you a good platform to start off with. Not like me. You know, I had nothing to start off with. You know what I mean? It was my dad was in the trenches and he just dragged me into it and we just slugged it out together. I'll make sure that, you know, he understands core values from being a person, a chef and a business person. Uh, businessman to that he needs in order to be successful and do the same thing for his children um, but it's not easy it's not easy and uh, you know look at the end of the day I never thought I'd go on YouTube or Instagram my my mother went to a high school reunion <laughs> last week and they went on stage and they said Denise and Denise Forte has a celebrity son I said who me I'm <laughs> I, was like, I was like my wife tells me I got the biggest line of shit going on the man I was like, I, so, so, you know, I, I, like I said, if, if he was alive, he'd be bigger than life. I'm just trying to fill those shoes as best I can. Um, but uh, yeah, listen, this business is not for the faint of heart. It really no, isn't. It's not. We, uh, so, you know, we talk about lessons and stories and as great as it is to talk about the successes, we always learn more from the failures and the difficult times and the things that we learn along the way. You've opened up a lot of restaurants, you've sold restaurants, um, you've closed restaurants. Can you tell me about Black Tap? What did yeah, you learn? Black Tap, my God. I, um, Black Tap is a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> um, Black Tap, so... 
It's a long story. We got time. All right. We got good. time. We're not so going any. The people my, that my listen. Dad, the people my, that my, listen to this my, show, they need to know the black yeah. tap story. So, so my dad died. Like I said, right? I was, you know, pounded on my chef as a chef, pounded on my chest as a chef, and I just was like, "This is BS." And I said, uh, I was really down in the dumps, and I didn't know what to do. I was broke. I mean, broke. You know what I mean? Like beyond broke, like five dollar Chinese Chinese special. I broke it up into three meals. Like at my restaurant, I I used to literally go buy the seventy nine cents box of Ranzoni and all the scraps from the stock pot to make a salad. I mean, we were broke, and I would wait until at the end to eat. You know, I was never so skinny in my life. Um, <laughs> but uh, I didn't know what to do, and I said to myself, you know what? I was really soul searching. I was like, I, all I want to do is recreate a memory of my father. That was what I wanted to do. What was my favorite memory? My favorite memory was every Tuesday, he took me to the local luncheonette and I got a cheeseburger deluxe and a milkshake. He got an eggnog, uh, an egg, uh, uh, egg, uh, egg cream, and I got a milkshake. And he used to tell me, you always got to be fancy, right? Can't have the eggnog like normal people. I mean, the egg, the egg, uh, uh, the egg cream like normal people. I was like, oh, you know, come on. And I remember we used to have this like debate when I was a kid. And as I got older, it was the champagne Budweiser thing, you know, you know get to a legal age. But um, it was one of my favorite times. So I said, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. I went and I bought a tiny little place on Broom Street in Soho. It was, it was, it was literally it was 700 square feet. I gutted it. I built it out myself with plywood. Like people used to come in, they were like, when are you going to paint the place? I'm not. They were like, what do you mean? I'm not painting it. I was like, I'm going to bomb it with graffiti. They were like, wait, 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 wait. Looks like somebody broke in here and, and vandalized the place. Perfect. I was like, that's what I wanted. To play. It had 15. That's the vibe. It had 15 seats. It had a little griddle, griddle and a countertop fryer. I said, all right, look, I'm, I'm just going to basically recreate this memory of my, my dad and I sitting at a luncheonette counter, having a burger, cheeseburger deluxe, a milkshake, um, maybe serve a cool beer. And, and that's it. Let's see what happens. I wrote this business model that said, if I do 60 people a day, I could pay myself a, a living wage. I can make 10% profit and I can run. I can, I can give my investors, because I had to borrow some money to do it. I borrowed $225,000. That was it. I could pay my investors back without them coming down on me. I opened the doors. And I basically put out a press release for the most part as I said, and I'm ad-libbing here, this Michelin star chef says, fuck fine dining, I'm flipping burgers for the rest of my life. And I swear to you, they were lining up out the door. 72 hours after I opened, it was like, what the hell is going on? And I said, and I said to my manager, I said, chef, I said, his name, his name was Peter at the time. I said, Pete, what's going on? He goes, they think you lost your mind. I said, what do you mean they think I lost my mind? Said, he said, they think you lost mind. You're flipping burgers. You're like, one of those Michelin star chefs going to go jump off the bridge. Yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. I like this. I like this. And we started flipping burgers. And after 72 hours, I had to close the restaurant because I didn't have enough prep. We were doing like 300 people a day. I had to buy another griddle. I had to buy another fryer. I had to get another refrigerator. I had to reprep. If you go, if you can scroll back to Black Tap's Instagram back in the yep. day, you'll, you'll see a picture that says, close, got to prep. Um, and I just put my head down and went to work and didn't think anything of it, right? Next thing you know, we win Burger Bash, right? Um, now, all of a sudden, now Instagram comes out, right? And everyone's like, oh, this thing, Instagram, you got to get on it. And I'm like, mm, mm, what's this? Right. Yep. The way we all, the, we we feel like that. It's so funny with social media. Every, everybody, anyone that's listening to this, it's like Facebook, eh? Instagram, eh? 
TikTok, yeah. eh. Yeah, yeah. Until it's like, oh TikTok shit, now. I need to be on that. <laughs> yeah. So so I, I got on it and I started looking around and I was like, this is this is stupid. I was like, it's boring. It's like, what is this? I was like, it's like, oh, look at my lunch. I don't want to see your lunch. I don't care about your lunch. Right. Oh, look, I have I got a craft beer, 10.8 BV. I get the fuck out of here. I was like, this is boring. I was like, and, and, and it's all about content. I said, this isn't content. So I started taking cheeseburgers and I started like basically like like I would take the cheeseburger and I would put like 10 pieces of cheese on it and melt it and just go like this. And you just saw and it was like, oh, OK, that works. Then I started like doing like I started taking two cheeseburgers and I would just like tell the uh, just play a video, like press press record. And I would squeeze in my, my hand and the juice would come down. I'm like, people really come in here for this. And it started growing and growing, and growing. And we got to like 16,000 followers, which was a big deal back then. This is huge, huge deal in the beginning, you know, still a big deal today. Yeah. Yeah. We created like this little Instagram community. Like you'll see like cheat day eats, brunch boys, all these handles that are 500,000 to a million followers. When they first started coming to black tap, they were all like maybe 10,000 followers. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And we all created this little community. We all grew together. Then one day, my wife woke up and she looked at me and she said, go to work and make me a cotton candy milkshake. I said, you out of your fucking mind. I am not doing that. I got people down the street looking for my cheeseburgers. They love me. She was like, listen to me, cotton candy milkshake. I said, all right. So I went to work, came back for like two weeks. She broke my chops. I said, come on, please leave me alone. She goes, just do it. I said, okay, I did it. So I went to work. I got with my social media girls and I said, just, 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 just do this. Take a picture of it. Put it on Instagram. Let's see what happens. Holy shit! I put it on Instagram, and it was like I don't know, say seventy-two hours. People were running up to the door with their phones, going, "I want this. I want this. I need this. I need this." And I was just like, "I, I don't have it." And I just put the picture, and then people started calling us frauds and this and that. And I was like, "Well, this can't happen." Yeah. So once again, we had another another milestone. Shut the place down again. Rebuild it. I said, let's figure this out. And I went to my, I went to my team and I said, I have an idea. He said, you're going to go to, there's a, there's a candy store in Chinatown. They sell nothing but these over-the-top gummies. I said, they sell gummy sharks. I said, you're going to buy those sharks. I said, you're going to come back. You're going to make a blue milkshake. You're going to put red frosting around it. You have lots of whipped cream. You're going to have these sharks coming out of it. I said, and you're going to post this post. I said, welcome to Shake Week. It's better than Shark Week. Five days of crazy shakes coming at you. And the crazy shake was born and we put up five shakes at the end of that five, fifth day. My wife woke me up and said, wake up. I said, what? I got to go to work. I don't, what, what, what? She goes, your Instagram's down, your website's down, the phone's busy. What's going on? By the time we woke up, <laughs> by the time we came out of it, we were at like 150,000 followers. That's insanity. Like, I went to work and I lived like two blocks from the restaurant at the time. I remember walking to work. It was like nine o'clock in the morning and it was no joke like 300 people waiting outside to get into a 15 seat burger bar to get these milkshakes. And the rest is history. We went on to, I went on to open up there. They've done more, but I did 16 locations, 14 of them. I opened, uh, you name it, you know, New York, Las Vegas, Disney, Singapore, Dubai, Kuwait, Abu Dhabi, Saudi Arabia, Bahrain. We just, and like my, my son was born. That kid has got a passport with more stamps in it than you've ever seen. Six months old. <laughs> Was in a bassinet on Air Emirates, right? Go first class, going to Dubai to go open up a restaurant. 
Come on. I got, I got pictures of it and everything. This kid has got no idea. Come on. One of, the, one of the craziest times of my life. I lived on the road for, I must have traveled for a year and a half. And I did all this in three years, by the way. Three years. 16 restaurants, a worldwide brand, a whole nine yards in three years. Um, got to the end of the road and back to the original part of the podcast. I wasn't being me. Yeah. At the end of the day, I started Black Tap as a memory I had with my father. And unfortunately, that memory had faded away and Black Tap had become something else. It was eclipsed by the milkshake. It was eclipsed by worldwide fame. And it just became a machine. And I was no longer necessary, in my opinion. So I raised my hand and I said, check, please. And um, took some time off. And that's when I said earlier, I couldn't find my voice. I didn't know what the hell to do. Did a few things here and there, but still no voice. And then uh, I said, you know, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recreate my father's restaurant. Once again, off of a nostalgic memory that I had. Look what I am today. Another worldwide hit. Another Instagram and TikTok phenomenon. Another story to be told. Another, another proof in the pudding that being real, old school, authentic is the only business plan you need. Don't yeah. worry about the bottom line. Don't worry about the PL. Don't worry about all that other BS. Be yourself. Do your thing. Be passionate. Work hard and you will succeed. That's just, that's incredible advice. I think, you know, we have so many restaurant owners that listen to this show. We're fortunate that millions of people since we've launched the show have, have either listened to it, watched it. Um, and I know how hard it is because I've done it and I, I'm still doing it. We're still, we're still in the barbecue business and the media business and uh, trying to figure out, you know, where is that point? And when I had my son and my daughter, those were the first times in my life that I looked at myself and I said, Sean, I, I can't, I can't be in the restaurant seven days a week. You know, I don't, I don't want to be an absentee father. I don't want to wake up and realize that my kids are grown and we haven't made any money, you know, like back, back, back to what you're, you know, when your dad passed away, I, I don't want that to be for me. And I want, and it's not about the financial side of it. It's about the the legacy side and the impact side. What, what, what kind of life can I live for, for my child and for, for my daughter? Um, how do you be a good husband? Do anything she wants you to do. <laughs> Is that the answer? Is it a happy, that, that's how you no, keep I, a happy I am, wife? I am. I'm telling you right now, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. My wife, any other woman would have divorced me by now. No woman can handle a chef or a restaurateur. It's the most difficult thing in the world. We're always on. We're always going. We're always spending money. We're always making. It's like I'm rich. I'm broke. I'm rich. I'm broke. You know? <laughs> and <laughs> and and pretty much and my wife is. I bounce everything off my wife. Um, her and my her and my attorney. Those are my two uh, consigliere. Consigliere. Uh, right yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she really, really, really supports me, and um, to a point where I think she's a little fucking crazy too. Yeah. Um, but oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. And, and it wouldn't work if she didn't. So, you know, I've seen a lot of restaurants. My dad was married like three times. Are you kidding me? He, he couldn't. You know, they, they 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 were they were just like, I'm out of here. I see what this is. Guy smells. <laughs> This guy smells like galamad and garlic bread all day long. I don't need to be around him. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just a tough life. So having a great wife is one of the most important things. It won't work without it. Um, and, and I'll tell you right now, you can try and be that tough guy. Oh, I don't need a wife. Yeah, bullshit. I, uh, you know, you can't do this alone. It's not going to happen. You're not going to have any sort of life. Um, you know, one of the things I say all the time is, you know, our industry has seen quite the reckoning over the past five years. And there's a lot of great things that have come about it. 
there's a lot of bad things that have come about it. But one of the most important things is it taught us how to have or gave us the opportunity to finally have a way of life. Um, I don't think it existed five years ago. Yeah. I think five years ago, I would have probably, if it would have stayed the same, maybe a little longer than that five years ago, but I would have probably just drove myself into the ground in the restaurant uh, like my father did. Um, but today you wake up between, you know, um, you know, between, you know, how people are aware of mental health, diversity, uh, inclusion, you know, very inclusive environments, all those things, you know, people say what they want to say. And, you know, there's both on both sides, they all have their beef, but in the restaurant business, man, it was sobering. It really helped us because you look at your employees differently. Now they look at you differently. Now I can sit here and do this without having to worry about doing what's 445 right now. I'm supposed to be doing pre-shift and I'm here talking <laughs> to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Think yeah. about that. Five years ago, if you would have asked me to do this podcast at 445, I would have called you every name in a book. <laughs> you delusional POS. Get out of here. I got something to do. Right. But but the world has changed. And I'm so grateful for it because it's provided me, um, you know, a lifestyle that I never thought I'd have. And, you know, here I am talking shit with you. So I love it. I love yeah. it. So some parting wisdom for anybody that's listening to this, you know, the chef that's out there that doesn't believe in social media or they're ready. They, they, they've, they're listening to enough content. They see enough things going on, on TikTok, on YouTube, on Instagram, on podcasts. And they're like, why is everybody else getting the attention? What we try to do is say, no one's coming to tell your story. You have to own your own story. What kind of advice do you have to that chef, to that restaurant owner, to that big restaurant group? That's literally sitting there wondering, hey, what's going on? Is the world passing me by? No, I, it's, it's real simple. I'm old school kid. Knock it off and cut the bullshit out. <laughs> so cut really, the bullshit. Wake, wake up and knock it, right? I mean, it, don't get follow, over yourself. Man. Yeah, Get just, over yourself. Get over yourself. Do what you got to do. You know, just be yourself. Find your own voice. Find your own way. Don't worry about what people are going to think. If you try to be someone you're not, then they're going to say something about you. If you act the way you're supposed to act and you be who you are, they can't say anything. You're bulletproof then. Just do it. Don't be afraid of it. Okay. It's like, listen, you know, it's like my 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 brother is, is very handy, right? He does a lot of construction. I'm good at construction too, but I'm good at telling people what to do and not actually doing it. And he <laughs> says, you just got to do it, he says, right? So my advice to you is knock it off, stop the bullshit and just do it. It will work. It will happen. Invest in it. And as many great entrepreneurs have said before, trust the process. Trust the process. So if you guys want to reach out to me, it's at Sean P. Walchef, S-H-A-W-N-P-W-A-L-C-H-E-F. Um, every week on Wednesday and Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern time, we're on the audio app, social audio app Clubhouse. And we want you guys that are listening to the show to join us to come up on stage, share your story, tell us about your restaurants, tell us about your content creation, what you're trying to do for your restaurant. And we also give a shout out. So this week's shout out is going to Ryan Mondragon, and he is at sanctuary underscore pizza on Instagram and on TikTok. He has a pizza, craft pizza, food truck concept out of Turlock, California. Ryan, thank you for showing up. And chef, uh, I want to give you an opportunity to give uh, give a shout out to someone on your team, someone that doesn't get it. This is going on entrepreneur.com. Millions of people are going to going to get it. Who gets some love today? My whole team gets love. The whole team. The whole team. All give, of them. Go, let like me know the who they 
Freddie, Tia, Herman, Angel, all of them. I love them all. They all, Jim, uh, uh, Shamika, all of them. They all, they're all doing great. Um, and I love everybody. I love my whole team. I wouldn't be here without them. And, uh, you know, follow us on Instagram at Arthur yep. and Sons, uh, uh, at Arthur and Sons on Instagram and on TikTok. You get to see me, you get to see the team, you get to see what we do. And uh, can't be a podcast without a shameless plug. Please. So, coming soon to stores near you, our tomato sauce will be on the shelves. Keep an eye out in the new year. Go buy my sauce. Follow at Joe Isadori. Follow at Arthur and Sons. We're going to put links in the show notes. You can follow me, reach out, stay curious, get involved. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Chef Joe, it is a truly an honor. If you make it on the West Coast, if you make it to San Diego, please come enjoy some barbecue on us. Um, that goes for anybody that's listening to the show. You guys are all VIPs. Uh, we'll roll out the red carpet at Cali Barbecue. Take care of you, your team, anybody that makes it out here. So thank you, Chef Joe. Uh, hope to see, Hope to visit you in your restaurants one day. You got it. Can't wait to have you. Boom. And a special thank you to our title sponsor, Toast. Toast is the primary technology partner that we use at our restaurant, Cali Barbecue. It is also the primary technology partner that so many of the guests have shared with us on this show. People like Sam, the cooking guy, Stacy Poonkinney, Jeff Alexander. So many times the guests tell us that they're using Toast when we didn't even know that going into the interview. That is why we are so grateful that they sponsor this show. We want you to win. You that listen to this show, we want you to improve your digital hospitality. Toast is built for restaurants and it's built for you. Toast is the restaurant first platform that's built for your needs, whatever your size, concept, or ambitions. Improve your bottom line with a customizable platform that's easy to learn, use, and grow with. And it meets you where you are with all the right tools for your price point. If you have any questions about Toast, please DM me at Sean P. Walchef, S-H-A-W-N-P-W-A-L-C-H-E-F. I will get you the link to the right Toast contact in your market. It's so important that if you listen to this show, that you win. We want you to be on this show eventually. Let us know that you heard the show, you heard about Toast, you implemented Toast, you did a Toast unboxing in your restaurant. Talk to us about how you've impacted your village, your city, your community. Share your Toast story with us. DM me today to learn more. And be sure to check out Toast.